Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Poppy and Holman Sports Lab. I am Poppy. And I am Holman. On this podcast, we'll be discussing sports and whatever else just comes to mind. Thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate y'all being here, and we hope you're ready to have a good time with us. Let's get it. What's up, Holman? How you doing, man? Um, I made it through today. <laughs> yeah, you had a little bit of a rough one there, didn't you? Your work was a little stressful today, man. I, I mean, I feel your pain, okay? So not on the work standpoint, or not from a work standpoint, but they re-shingled my roof today while I was sleeping after work. So it was, what is that, like, what, what are they, 15 feet above your head? It felt like they were in my fucking bedroom. <laughs> Uh, it was terrible. Like it was, it was just a constant hammer on the roof. It was awful. Man, yeah, that that sounds quite miserable. If we can be honest. Yeah, yeah, it was terrible. I got I got like two hours of sleep, so I'm happy about it. Hey, yeah, we got we got a couple rebels in the in the system here. I'm gonna get another one before I go to the casino tonight. Yeah, you're gonna go uh, be a degenerate. I love it. I am. Yeah, I'm very very excited. Me and regular listener Andrew Broussard, we're gonna head down to Maryland Live, and we're gonna go ahead and. Uh, you know, Pepper needs new shorts, so... Pepper needs new shorts! So yeah, going out of the casino, and uh, that's that, man. Do you think you'll make it in time to uh, bet on the finals today? They don't play tonight, do they? Yes. What time to start? 9 o'clock. Oh, it'll be tough. It's gonna be tight. It's gonna be a tight window. <sighs> Probably not. Because you guys are going out alive, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You might make it. It all depends on how fast we get this done here. We do have a lot today. Yeah, not 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 saying that we had to speed run it like we did through <laughs> three topics last week, but no, but we do have a lot. We do, yeah, yeah, we, we do have a lot. We might not be going in depth with a lot with a lot of things as what we normally do, but we do have a lot. We do have a, a lot to discuss this week. Yeah, so let's just hop into it. Yeah, and while we're talking about it, let's start with the NBA Finals. Yeah, so um, so right now the Boston Celtics are up two one in the NBA Finals. Um. The Warriors, uh, the Warriors blew them out the one game they won. But then I think the Celtics have blown them out two games in a row. Uh, let's see. Game one um, in Golden State, Boston won 120 to 108. Um, game two, also in Golden State, Golden State won 107 to 88. So, yeah, that was, yeah. That was the blowout. And then uh, Wednesday evening, they were playing in Boston for game three. And Boston won one sixteen to one hundred. Yeah. So, so what the re- what the recurring theme has been for the Celtics in order to win, um, they have to lose. Well, <laughs> they're undefeated after a loss. Yes, in the, in the yes. postseason. So, so they are seven and zero in the postseason after they do lose. But the big thing for them is, so the Warriors are such a third quarter team, and the, the Celtics have not been this postseason. Yeah, yeah, they they they, they, they really haven't been. They play um, good for three quarters, but it's never. Excuse me, the third quarter. But see, the thing is, they play well enough in the third quarter to where... So so, so the big thing that the Golden State Warriors have done for so fucking long is that they'll, they play this... It's, they, they play their game mm-hmm. in the first half, and then in the, in the third quarter, they just jump on you. Yeah, they pounce on your shit. They just jump on you, and they're relentless. Just because Steve Kerr is very, very good at making halftime adjustments and saying, hey, they're doing X, Y, and Z, so we're going to counter it, and we're going to go ahead and do A, B, and C instead. 
And there's also not a deficit that they cannot come back from. Just because just because they're so lethal from shooting the three point, yeah, three point shot. I mean, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are arguably you could you could you could make the argument that they're the two greatest shooters that have ever played the game, and they just so happen to be playing on the same team at the exact same time. So when you have two guys who can just pour in. 21 points on you a piece in one quarter oh yeah then then you know you're you're there really is no deficit that you can't battle back from they could be down like 28 at halftime and, and battle back and win the game they really could and it's very very easy for him but what the what boston has done very very well they have not folded when the warriors go on this third quarter run they survived the onslaught yeah and then they're like okay we let them do what they wanted to do that's fine then the defense takes over. Mm-hmm. The two games where Boston has won the game, where have have won the game in the in the final so far, they've held the Celt- they've held Celtics, they've held the Warriors to under twenty points in the fourth quarter of both games. Yeah, I mean they strap in like the whole the Warriors offensive game plan <clears throat> as everybody's moving at all times. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I know you and I have watched Winning Time on uh, HBO Max. It's about the Showtime Lakers, and that was what the um, the head coach was preaching I his name is escaping me Jack yes yeah um that's what Jack was preaching is we're gonna it's it's gonna be like a controlled chaos everybody's moving you have the ball or not everybody's moving we're running we're running we're running we're running we're going to out condition you yeah but then for some reason it seems like uh maybe it's just like the modern day basketball but at least the Celtics like they kind of have a similar mindset but it's they're gonna out physical you so when it comes to the fourth quarter, you're drained. We're when we're still we're still pushing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, like like defense has been the Celtics' whole bread and butter this entire this entire season. So they like when they, when they really have to like strap it in, they know okay, perfect. We can go ahead and we can just lock you down, mm-hmm. and you don't and you don't stand a chance. Yeah. I saw something that the, that the, that this NBA Finals has been the only NBA Finals I. Th- think maybe in NBA history I could be wrong I could have my facts straight but one thing that I do know that is correct is that both both teams put out a starting lineup with players that are under six foot nine so there's 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 a little fact for you these both of these teams they have quote unquote smaller players yeah six nine is the smallest player I'm six foot one and I'm tall yeah like that's just that that's 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 just freakish freakishly tall so they both have smaller lineups, which allow them to be a little bit more mobile on the court and kind of gives them more opportunity to do more in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Warriors, their, their whole MO is we're going to live by the three, we're going to die by, by the three. They're in the NBA Finals for the fifth time in six years. Or maybe six out of seven, I don't know. Uh, probably five out of seven. You had the Lakers and the Suns. Right. Okay. Yes, you're correct. So, re- regardless, they've they've been they've been the last team standing in the Western Conference consistently five out of the last seven years. Yeah, consistently. So, so living by the three and dying by the three <clears throat> works for them. The Celtics. This is a team that you know the like the pieces were there. All they needed was just the head coach in order to try and get him there. That's not a knock against Brad Stevens. He was a very very smart, a very very innovative coach when he came in from the University of Butler. It's almost the same almost the same scenario as the Golden State Warriors. 
You had Mark Jackson. The team was doing the team was doing pretty well under Mark Jackson. They get rid of Jackson, bring in Steve Kerr, they win a championship. Yeah. And while we're talking about living and dying by the three, uh, did you know that uh, Boston's actually shooting better from three point range than uh, Golden State is this series? And see, that's that's something that that's something that not a lot of people know. Just because, okay, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Oh, they should be making every they should be making every three. But Jason Tatum's a very very good shooter. So is Jalen Brown. So is um, Marcus Smart. Yep. Of course, they have um, what is his name? It's escaping me. I I apologize. Al Horford, uh, Derek White, Derek White. Yeah, yeah. They, have Der- they have Derek White who can shoot the ball well. Um, Al Horford's been shooting the ball very very well from three. So they have a lot of guys who are really stepping up and contributing. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, I think the depth that the Celtics can provide over what the Warriors can do because the Warriors have depth, but it's a it's a weird mix between aging veterans and young unproven players. Yeah, I mean, you have Jordan Poole, who's a young guy who's kind of fighting for a spot. Granted, he's had a really good season this year. He has, you yeah. You have Jonathan Kaminga. You have James Wiseman. I mean... Wiseman's out. Yeah, I mean... Wise, Wiseman's not playing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, you have you have, you have Kaminga. You have Mo, uh, Moses Moody. Yes, another one. Um, few of the guys... Uh, I mean, dude, Kawhi Looney. Yeah, he's really... he's. I mean, how old? He's 25. Looney is? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean, Looney's been there with him before, but um, a lot of those guys you're not you're not really hearing a lot about here in the finals. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Poole is 22, Moses Moody's 19, Jonathan Kaminga's 19. Um, I mean, Kevon Looney, he's 25. So I mean, I mean, the the so so the big the big point that I'm making is is that the Celtics they have the depth and they have people stepping up. Yeah, I mean, well, that's and that's the thing though is like just just to run it down. Jason Tatum, the star of the show, is twenty three years old. Jalen Brown's twenty five. Marcus Smart, twenty seven. Derek White, twenty seven. Uh, Robert Williams, twenty four. Grant Williams, twenty three. Um, Al Horford's the oldest of the bunch at thirty five. Granted, he's a little a little past his prime, but yeah. And and the I mean the Warriors have been there before. I just discussed it. Five of the last seven years, they've been playing in the NBA Finals. Yeah. But the Celtics are carrying themselves like they've been there before. Yep. Which, that's the scariest part. Yeah. At work, there's, there's, a, there's a guy who is a Warriors fan, mm-hmm. and him and I talk about basketball pretty consistently. Sure. And what I told him, it, he thinks that if the Warriors lose tonight, game four, mm-hmm. it's over. But I think it depends on if they lose, how they lose. Kind that, of depends on what kind of night Steph Curry has offer after that. It didn't look miserable, no. but it also, Al Horford fell on his leg a little awkwardly, and it got... And Al Horford is a whole <laughs> six foot eleven. I'm sure he's heavy as a bitch. Yeah, I mean... And that, Steph Curry's 6'3". Yeah, I'm sure Al Horford's all of 270. Right. Of straight muscle. Eh. Well, okay. Well, there's probably a little bit of, little bit of, meat on there. Well, regardless, um, I think of the, like ultimately, I think the Celtics win tonight. I do too. So my prediction is, I think they win tonight. I think they go back to Golden State for Game Five. I think Golden State honestly beats the brakes off of them in Game Five. It depends on how this game goes tonight. If they get blown out by the Celtics tonight, I think it's done in five. I think I think Golden State going back to the Bay. I, can you even say that anymore? Because they change stadiums. I don't think you can say that. I mean, 
I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, they're going back. They're going back home, back across the coast. Um, I think I think Golden State piles it on on Game Five. Like they're back in front of the home crowd, they pile it in. I think they come back to Boston Game Six. Boston wins, closes out the series. Yeah, I mean, see, a big thing that we're waiting for is we're waiting for that game where Jason Tatum takes over. Yeah, that's the thing is he hasn't. So, uh, my personal opinion, but I think Jalen Brown is the Finals MVP currently. Uh, it's tough, man. But so, so, so why? Uh, so, I, I would agree that he's definitely a front runner, front runner for it. Um, but I mean, with with Jason Tatum, I mean, the scoring hasn't been there yet, but he's doing a lot of facilitating. Yeah. So, uh, to give you some statistics here, um, Jalen Brown is averaging twenty two point seven points this series. Um, he is averaging seven point three rebounds, four point three assists. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. If you want to round that up, he's averaging 23, 7, and 4 if we're doing some rounding. Okay. Jason Tatum is averaging 22 points, 6 rebounds, and 8 assists. See, it's tough. Um, you know, rebounds are kind of a, uh, they're, they're kind of a pretty irrelevant stat. Yeah, I mean, for the most part. Um, I will say that uh, field goal percentage, um, Jalen Brown is shooting significantly better. He's shooting at almost forty three percent, whereas um, Jason Tatum is shooting at uh, almost thirty four percent. Yeah, I mean, I mean that Jason Tatum's a volume shooter, so I expect that. Yeah, now I three point percentage. That. Jason Tatum's actually shooting pretty well at uh, forty three and a half percent, so not bad. And uh, Jalen Brown is at thirty six percent. Yeah, you know it's it's really tough. I mean. I talk like at, at this point. I'm just gonna mention his name every fucking week, just because I, Jason I Tatum. yeah, just, just just because I have for this long. Um, I th- I think Jason Tatum will ultimately end up winning Finals MVP because of the reason that I just said. He has yet to have a game where he has had to take over. It could be tonight. It very well could be tonight. It could it could be Game Six too to close it out. I mean, I could see him. I could see him dropping. You know. A forty point double double. He, he, I mean, he he could he could just come right out and say, you know what, blood's in the water. I think the Celtics know it too. Oh yeah. He could come out and he's just gonna jump on him. Yeah, he just could. relentless. He absolutely could. Although I will I will say this for just real quick, Jason Tatum. I need you to calm down with all the Kobe stuff, my man. It's, it's getting a little old at this point. Look, I mean, hey, if it like if it does it for him, I can't really knock it. I mean, Kobe was a very, very big mentor to Jason Tatum. I get that. So, I mean, like, like I, I, I understand it, but... Wearing what he was wearing during warm-ups, changing his Twitter profile, posing like him. I mean, the, uh, the text, I mean, that was, that was kind of a cool little story. I'm all for that, but, like... Look, I'm, I'm telling... You know, I understand it, but, like, you know, just pump the brakes a little bit, my, my guy. I'm telling you, if, like, if it works, by all means, keep going. Well, you're also a, a, just an avid Jason Tatum supporter. I have nothing against the kid. I'm just like, hey, man, hey, this is getting a little... I think, personally, I think we're about to watch Jason Tatum ascend into a top top 10, maybe borderline top 5 player in the league by the end of next season. I think he already is a top 10 player in the league. <laughs> That's a conversation for another day. That is. But, I mean, you got LeBron heading out the door. Um, Chris Paul's heading out the door. James Harden can't do shit. Uh, I don't even know if I would include Chris. I wouldn't even have. I would not have even have included Chris Paul in my top ten, regardless. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like as the stars are like getting older in the league. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
Steph Curry's getting a little bit older. He mean, granted, with his style of play, he could he could timeless as long as his legs hold up, it'd be fine. Yeah. Um. And Joel Embiid can't seem to stay healthy. Kevin Durant is kind of having issues and stuff like that. So I think Jason Tatum's already in there. I I think he's already a top ten player. I mean, you could. I mean, okay, maybe I'll backtrack. I think he'll solidify himself as a top five player in the league. In the next coming years, for sure. By the end of next season, I think I think without a doubt you'll be able to say Jason Tatum's top five player in the league. I mean, if he wins an MVP, I think that's a big thing. Is, is you gotta you gotta at least have one of those under your belt to be considered the best player in the league. Was Derrick Rose ever the best player in the league? No, I don't think so. But he did have an MVP. But I'm saying you have to have that belt to be in the conversation. I mean, I, like, I, I I understand that, but I mean the whole. My bad. Playing, playing, playing fussy. Um, but the whole MVP thing—that's like that's a very, very—it's it's irrelevant to consider greatness now at this point, if you ask me. No, it, it for sure is. But I'm saying, like, it, in order to be in the conversation of like, hey, this guy is one of the is I don't want to say one of the best, but top five, top three best player in the league, whatever you want to say, you gotta have one of those under the belt. Well, I, yeah, I do. I do understand that. Um. I mean, would you consider, um, would you consider Luka Doncic a top five player in the league? I don't know if he's a top five player. I think I think he might be top ten, but once again, like I can't I can't put him as the best player in the league. I'm not saying he's the best player in the league. Yeah, or top five without uh, I, I don't know. I feel like you, me personally, I feel like you have to have that under the belt. I don't know, cause like like it's it's so wishy wishy washy because there because the years that Steve Nash was winning MVP, he won MVP over Kobe Bryant who scored thirty five points a game. Oh, yeah, I mean I'm not I'm not agreeing with it, but Kobe I'm sure has won MVPs. He has he's won once. Yeah, he's won he's won it once, which blew my mind. But anyway, um, I don't know, like that, that's a very very tight rope to walk. Is does like what considers you to be a top five player in the league? I guess it's like different different criteria, like yep. like 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 for like for you, you would prefer to see the MVP on your record, which yeah. I which I get that I like like I definitely do. Like I'm not I'm not like questioning your reasoning behind that whatsoever. Well, I think ultimately to win an MVP, you have to have the statistics to win it. So if you have the statistics to win MVP, you have the statistics to be a top five player in the league. I'll give you that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like like the whole, like whole thing for me is that. All the times that LeBron James has been cheated out of a fucking MVP. Ah, oh, yeah. I mean, it's just absurd to me. Dude should have 10 of them. He should have won it over Harden. He should, he should have won it over Harden. He should have won it over Derrick Rose. I think he should have got one over Steve Nash. I was... Uh, I gotta pull up. Let's that was... I mean, that was a... You could go either way kind of thing. I gotta pull up one of Steve Nash won his MVPs. Uh, I think he... I think he was the bridge player between LeBron winning it. I could be wrong. I'm pulling it up now. MVP 0506. I want to say it was the 06 season. Regular season. 2005. I guess that would be considered 0405. The 0405 season, yeah. Steve Nash, 15.5 points per game, 11.5 assists. Um... The next season, 18.8 points, 10.5 assists. So now I'm curious, what did LeBron average those years? 
That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, LeBron was probably averaging like 25 points a game. <laughs> probably like, I'm pretty sure LeBron averaged probably like 25, 6, and 7. Mm. Just a guess. I'm just throwing some numbers out there. LeBron James. Let's see. 05, 06. That was the season, season in question. 0506. Holy fuck. What I tell you? He got what, cheated. What did what what did you say? 25, 6, and 7. <laughs> six rebounds or seven or six assists? Uh six rebounds. Regar- regardless, I'm I'm rounding up. 31, 7 and 7. Golly. And he didn't win MVP. Dude. That's foul. That's foul. Oh my gosh. That's foul. Can you can you name one person from that roster? What, Zajunas Agauskas or whatever his name is? Um, Maybe Anderson Verizal? I can tell you everybody on the roster if you would like me to. <laughs> well, let me hear it. Um, wow. Nope. Never mind. Can't pronounce his name. <laughs> um, that's a long name. Holy F, dude. He's from Lithuania, so shout out to Homeland. Um, Drew Gooden, Stephen Graham, Alan Henderson, Larry Hughes, Ilgauskas, Luke, ja- Luke Jackson. That's an NPC name. Yeah, for sure. Um, Damon Jones, Danielle Marshall, Ronald Murray. Nope, not trying. <laughs> not, not trying to allow one either. Eric Snow, Anderson Verjao. Actually, name two of them. What is Shaw? Shaw University. We're getting. We're, all right, we're getting. That sounds like the Key and Peele skit. It's a private Baptist HBCU in Raleigh. Okay, I didn't know that. Who but, went to Shaw? Ronald Murray. That's three MVPs that, or that LeBron missed out on. I mean, I mean, you're not wrong, man. I mean, you know what? I'm about, I'm about, I'm about to just bring it all back up again. So LeBron won MVP in 09, 10, 12, and 13. Do you think about that? He could have seven league MVPs. Okay, so 2010, 2011, which is the year he got cheated. Uh, he was 26, 7, and 7. 26, 8, and 7. Eight. He had seven and a half rebounds. Okay, 26, 8, and 7. What year did Harden win? Uh, that was recent. Is that 17, 18? I want to say so. 17, 18. 20, 28, 9, and 9 for LeBron. That was his last year in the Lakers. He also started every game. Yeah, exactly. And Harden missed like 10. Played and started every game, yeah. Yeah. Um, 28. What is this? Led... Did you know the year he scored 31.4 points? He didn't lead the league in scoring. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. That's why he's never won a scoring title. Ah, Kobe did. Oh, that was the year Kobe just went ballistic. What did he average that year? Oh my god, thirty-seven points a game, thirty-six points a game. Yeah, I mean, what are you supposed to do there? Come on. And Kobe didn't even win MVP. That's nuts. I mean, how do you have thirty-six points a game and not win MVP? I mean, the the whole the whole MVP thing. I th- I think it's kind of irrelevant because there have been players who are like, dude, like 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 this year, dude. MB should have won the fucking MVP. Like, like, it's crazy. Jokic won, Jokic has won MVP back-to-back years. I don't even think I'd put him in my top five. That's fair. So I don't know. Just something to think about. Um, while, we're still on the, while we're still on the subject of the Warriors, can, um, can you, like, send this clip, like, what I'm about to say? Can you, like, send this to Steve Kerr for me? Okay. Like, like 
Can you just get fucking Draymond off the court? Get Draymond off the court. Like, Doug, kick, kick him, him off, off the tour. tour. Dude, it's crazy. I saw a stat earlier today that Draymond Green has scored 15 points in three games. He's also accumulated 15 personal fouls. I will give you all of Draymond Green's statistics. So something that comes in groups of two, he has the same amount of something that he can only have six of a game. Draymond Green has played in all three games. He has played 108 minutes. That is tied for the most in on the team with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. So that's, a, that's 108 too many. I agree. Um, so with that being said, he averages 36 minutes per game. His stat line is five points, 6.7 total rebounds, five assists, one steal, and 0.7 blocks. Okay, so so I get it. Like Draymond Green, he like he's at a point now where he's more so of a mental leader than he is a physical leader on the floor. I understand that. But then again, at the same time, dude, you have to have people on the bench that are going to give you more production than Draymond Green. So you're down two one in the fucking NBA Finals. You got to do something. I, I got. I, forgive me if I mispronounce this. Um, Bilajika, how do you pronounce his name? I don't even oh, know. Uh, Bielitsa. Yeah, that guy. Bielitsa. Yeah. I said, heavens forbid me. I, I'm so sorry. What's his first name? Uh, <laughs> Nemanja? Nemanja? N-E-M-A-N-J-A. Nemanja? Nemanja? It's something like that. Couldn't tell you. Not sure. It's Bielitsa, though. That's his. Bielitsa. There you go. Draymond is averaging 36 minutes a game. Bielitsa is averaging five. Draymond is averaging five points a game. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. He is averaging three. Draymond is averaging 6.7 rebounds. Bielitsa is averaging two. Now, I will say Draymond averages five assists, but he's actually leading the team, believe it or not. Bielitsa is averaging 0.3. Draymond is averaging one steal. He is averaging 0.3. So on 31 less minutes, Draymond is outscoring him by one basket a game. Getting almost five rebounds, or yeah, five rebounds more a game. And granted, he is assisting and, and facilitating the rock pretty well. Dude, you could throw Otto <laughs> Porter Jr. into the starting lineup instead of Draymond Green, and you're going to get more production out of that. Dude, think of it this way. You're paying a guy $25 million a year just to score five points a game in the finals. Yep. Like, like what? Do you, like, wh- why? Yep. Dude, I just, I don't get it. Okay, dude, here's something that's crazy. Let's see here. Gary Payton II, coming off a broken elbow two series ago, and is almost averaging as many points as he is. I said what I said. Otto Porter Jr. plays 20, points a, plays 20 minutes a game. Yep. Average is five and a half points. I have seven over here. Maybe this didn't update from the last game. I have him averaging 20 minutes a game, seven points, 2.7 rebounds, and 1.7 assists. Hmm. I, just had to, I just had to get that in there because, I mean, I think Draymond Green may, might be the most disliked player in the NBA. Uh, right now. Right now, maybe. Like, like, dude had the audacity. I mean, like, if this is what he wants to do, this is what he wants to do. I can't like I can't say that somebody should handle themselves on and off a court and in a certain way because that like 
people doing things on and off the court. That's why you and I do this, so we can fucking talk about this shit and and get our get our get our opinions out there. But Draymond Green went on a podcast to talk about talk about the games. I don't know if you knew this or not. Yeah, I know. I heard about okay. it. Okay, and they're like they're like. He was asked, like, oh, what can you do to go ahead and try and stop Horford, Derek White, Grant Williams, all that stuff. And, like, he didn't I, – I didn't, I didn't hear the exact clip, but he pretty much went out there and said, well, we can try this, we can try that, we can try this, we can try that. And it didn't work. I'm not saying that he went out there and, and deliberately said, we're going to do A, B, and C against this guy, we're going to do – E, F, and G on him, and we're going to do so on and so forth from him. Yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> we're in the NBA at this point. You think Ime doesn't know what Golden State's going to try? You think you think Al Horford's been in the league for, what What I say, he's 35 years old, he's been in the league for how many years? You think he doesn't know what's coming at him? I get that, I mean, but it's like... He's, it, not, like, he's not giving away, like, the offensive strategy, and, like, it's no. not like the NFL where he's like, hey... Here's our playbook for this upcoming week. This is our first. Uh, we, you know, we have uh, scheduled this drive. This is our first and opening drive. Hey, here you go. This is what we're gonna do. Try to stop us. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's it's one of the it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you can go in there and you can talk about okay, well, we're gonna try and stop and we're gonna try and do this. That's all good and fine. I don't have a problem with that. Like, 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 do what you want to do. But like, then again, remember the severe like. Remember the importance of where you're at. That's yeah. all. That, that's all I gotta say. Draymond Green. Look, I'm like I may not be the biggest fan of Draymond Green, but I do have nothing but respect for him. Mm-hmm. He is in the NBA. He has busted his ass to get to where he's at today. Yep. He was a second round pick. He played at Michigan State. I hate Michigan State too as a Maryland fan and Ohio State fan and an Ohio State fan. Yeah, that's contradicting there. But anyway, we won't talk about that today. You're working through it. I I have a lot of stuff to work through right now. Man. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 a pretty messed up individual, but. I don't know. Like I, th- I think the Warriors might be better off benching. Could possibly. Hey, and you know what, Draymond Green? Before you start worrying about uh, stopping Al Horford and his whole thirteen points a game, um, how about you start, you know, boxing out uh, Robert Williams, who is averaging six rebounds a game on you and averaging three blocks a game. See, the crazy thing is also is that I think Draymond Green is so fucking dirty too. Like, dude, damn near. I mean, it was like. I've watched him multiple times. It's clean, but it's 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 it looks dirty. He like elbows Jason Tatum trying to get around him on a mm-hmm. from boxing him out. Yep. And of course, there's the whole kicking in the genitals thing, right? Being I mean, suspended from Game Five of the NBA Finals against Cleveland, right? I mean, again, nothing but respect for him. But I, did you hear uh, the Boston fans after he fouled out? Mm-mm. Uh, yeah, they started chanting "fuck Draymond," <laughs> like that's so funny, loud. Dude. That's so funny, dude. Like Steve Kerr, uh, Clay Thompson all came out and were like, "Yeah, have some class." There's children there. This isn't this isn't cushy Silicon Valley. This is fucking Boston. Yeah. Okay, calm down. They have rats in Boston bigger than Steph Curry. <laughs> they actually might. They actually might. Like like. The like the leprechaun that lives in the ceiling of that building that's doesn't enough, that's enough. doesn't give a fuck. Okay, Jerry West, dude, I'm serious. It's it's something, dude. Boston fans don't care. Okay, Boston fans are also the same exact fans who yelled at Jackie Bradley Jr. when he played for the Red Sox. Yep, Boston fans yelled at Jackie Bradley Jr. when he played for the Red Sox. They're also the same fans that threw a banana peel at Adam Jones. Yeah, Boston fans don't care. 
Are they worse than Philly fans? I don't know. Philly fans threw snowballs to Santa. That's a pretty unspeakable act. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a pretty fucked up thing to do. Oh, man. Philly fans will boo their own team. Dude, Boston fans will boo their own team. Although, Boston fans don't have to because Boston fans are... Boston teams are fucking good. They actually are pretty good. It's part of the reason why I hate them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Um, so, there's just a few more... There's just a little bit more drama going on in the NBA. So... Not really drama. That's not really drama. It's 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 a news without it. It's it's a story without it really being a story. It's two guys enjoying themselves. Two young men, right? Enjoying themselves after their teams got bounced out of the playoffs. Um. So the two that we are in, uh, we are referencing are Miles Bridges. Uh, posted on his Instagram story a picture of him with what looks to be a joint filled with some marijuana. Um, which is twenty twenty two guys. It's okay. Um and it's legalized by the league as well. It's legalized by the league. Um and all the the physical wear and tear that his body has taken. You know what? It's okay. It like like if if dude wants to if dude wants to smoke a, a doobie during the off season, I could care less. <laughs> as long as he's not like driving around high, like he's probably just vibing in his uh vibing in his house, playing right. some 2K, right? Like maybe <sighs> making some rap music because I think he has like put out a few uh songs and stuff like that. He's a pretty good rapper too. Yeah, he's a pretty good rapper. So maybe he's just vibing, you know, smoking a little weed, putting some bars down on on a track. Who I cares? got no issues. Who with cares? That. Do, do whatever you want. But I, I think I the, could care less. The big issue was is there was a styrofoam cup with some ice in it, and uh, it looked a little purple. Now everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, this NBA players out here sipping on lean, smoking, uh, smoking joints in the off season." Now Miles Bridges did come out and say, "It's pink lemonade, guys. Relax, dude. I, dude, like whatever gets the creative juices going, I could care less. Man. Live your life, man. Dude, if if dude, if you want to if you want to sip lean and smoke a doobie, I could care less. As long as you are not hurting me." Or just really just anybody else in general. Like if it's affecting you and I that's your do life, do not care. It's your life. You make your own decisions. Do so. what you want. I'm a big fan of Miles Bridges too. That that dude can jump out of the gym. Yeah, I mean he could dust the top of the backboard. He he's got some bunnies. Yeah, and then the other guy is Ja Morant was on his Instagram live partying it up um, with a bunch of friends um, in the off season. They're out there drinking, having fun. Um, I think they were sipping on some sort of tequila. I believe it was, um, I, I believe it was some Don Julio. That's the only one you can drink. <laughs> Fair. Um, yeah, it was some Don Julio 42, 1942. That's a good shit too. That's, that's what they were sipping that on. That is top quality stuff. For those of you that don't know, that is $160 a, uh, a bottle. Yeah, that is some good stuff too. I mean, you ever had it before? No, I've not. It's 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 good. There was multiple bottles of it. There was multiple people. They all had their own bottle. And they were just taking swigs of it out the bottle. While John Morant has like a mini golf course in his back or like a putting green. He's he's like, I gotta practice. And they have like a pool and everyone's drinking and having fun. His dad's there. I'm like, who cares, man? Like, Li- dude, live your life. Live your life. Who cares? People are like, oh, there's kids that look up to you. You're a role model. You shouldn't be doing this, blah, blah, blah. That's your fault as a parent for allowing your kid to idolize an NBA player that much. Right. Do better. It's okay if they're fans. It's okay if they look up to him. It's, that's fine. It's okay. But if you're that worried about him drinking, drinking tequila in his offseason when he's of age, 
Yeah, in his home where okay. he's not driving. Okay, Karen. Yeah, yeah, relax. Calm okay. down. It's okay. It's not a big deal. He's still a role model. Yeah. Just the the dude's a young twenty something year old kid. Right. Uh, I'm okay with kids looking up to like professional uh, sports players and everything like that. But uh, you as a parent should probably be a better role model for them. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like that's. I'm sorry, but uh, more than likely your kid is not going to be in the NBA. Statistically. Statistically, your kid is not going to be in the NBA. No. So, so don't worry about it. Little Johnny doesn't have to worry about, you know, all that shit. John Morant sipping Don Julio 42 in his backyard on the offseason. That's going to just severely alter his eight-year-old life. <laughs> He'll never be the same. He'll never be the same again, man. Nothing was the same. <laughs> okay. Tuscan leather. Shout out Jersey. <laughs> Shout out Jersey Drake. Oh man, so that's it for the NBA. <clears throat> and then uh we got, you know, we got a little something going on in the NFL as well. Yeah. Uh so the Broncos have some new owners. Yeah, so the Broncos have been bought. I'm gonna pull up the names of the individuals. I know their background. Uh B R O N C O S. So I believe it was last week we were talking about the Portland Trailblazers. Um declining an offer from the uh, CEO or owner, founder of Nike, whatever it was, um, for $2 billion. So the Denver Broncos were actually just bought um, for $4.65 which is now billion. A, dollars. Which, is a, which is a North American sports record for the largest transaction of a sports team. I mean, it makes sense. Sports have only gotten more and more popular throughout the years, and the NFL is the biggest sport in the, mm. NF- in the, uh, in the country. Um. Do, 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 do. Okay. So, uh, so the so the the new majority owner once it once it is voted on by the league, which I think is supposed to be coming next week. Um. The new majority owners are Rob Walton, Kerry Walton Penner, and Greg Penner. For people who don't know who the Walton Walton Penners are, they're the founders of Walmart. Chew. Yeah, so the Walton the the Walton family is the or, or the top top deck at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> they got uh they got money to blow over there. Yeah, so four point six five billion dollars. That's a drop. That's how would you say the drop of the bucket? That's a lot. That's a lot of money. But then again, at the same time, it's they, a v- very very reputable family. They probably could have spent three billion more and still been comfortable. Oh, for sure. Walmart yeah. makes fucking bread. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, I mean, they they also do have more people joining joining the investment group and, and all that kind of stuff. But sure, sure, sure. they're now going to be the new owners of the once once it is voted upon by the league. I can't imagine why it wouldn't they wouldn't allow it to be. Um. So uh, so yeah, so new new owners here in the NFL. Apparently, they're going to be bringing on Peyton Manning to be a special special advisor to the team as well. Um, so that, that's that's a pretty good move. I'm surprised he's doing it for them and not the Colts. I think that's a shattered relationship with him and Arce. I you think that, so? I think that's why. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, but so so the so the previous team that was sold before the Broncos that was sold in in the NFL was the Carolina Panthers. They were sold to David Tepper, uh, for two point two eight billion dollars. And of course, this just absolutely shatters that fucking record. So what do you think the uh, the commanders are going to go for? Because I just I have a feeling they're like Snyder's out soon. Um, 
Yeah, so I mean that's um Did you know Pat Bowen bought the Broncos for seventy million dollars? Of course of course Pat Bowen is deceased now at this point, but um How about that ROI? That's nuts. <laughs> seventy million to four point six five billion. You almost profited four billion dollars. No, you, you they did. did. Good God. They you did. Almost, you almost, yeah. yeah, that four point six, that's four that's four you almost profited six hundred million. Yeah, you yeah, you almost profited four point six billion. Yeah, so um I don't know, the commanders are in a, the commanders are in a real real interesting position because it's prime location, it's DC, um it's a historic franchise as well. Yeah. I think it's an up and coming team as long as the quarterback play pans out, which I think it can. Sure. Um North of five. I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the commanders are more valuable than the Broncos are. You got to think, they just, bought, they just bought new land in one of the richest, richest zip codes in the, in the country. True. And who knows what, what the plans are for that. You know, let's say Dan Snyder has to uh, kick the team before, uh, before they even get that built. What if the new owner's like, fuck that, I don't want that. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like small variables. Plus, I think the Broncos have been a little bit more uh, relevant as of recent, whereas like you're buying, you're buying the Redskins history. Well, that's valid, but then again, at the same time, you're also buying three a, a franchise that's won three Super Bowls, has multiple Hall of Famers. Sure, is one of the most historic franchises in the NFL, one of the oldest franchises in the NFL. Mm. Um and and dude, plus you're in a prime time location. Oh yeah, I mean you're the nation's capital. Yep. If you, yep, you're in the you're in the nation's capital. While they do have the lowest attendance on lowest attendance on average, as we as we reviewed it last week. Yeah. Um, if they do things differently, they drop prices of shit. Then attendance will go up. Yeah, I mean they just got to put together. Uh, they just got to rally together a couple good seasons. That's all it is, man. Fan base want to spend the money to go there. That's all it is. I mean, dude. I mean, I mean, dude. I get free tickets. I spend money when I go there. Absolutely. Like, come on, man. And while we're talking about spending money, what, do the Rams not have a salary cap? It all has to be back paid, man. It uh, has to be right. Like, I mean, it has to be like they're they're finagling it by doing like extensions and like putting everything on the back half of the deal, and then uh, what? What are they like doing? Like contract negotiating negotiations? Then or are they just like releasing players? I mean, how? Like, I mean, how are you signing Bobby Wagner? Allen Robinson giving Cooper Cup an extension. Um, I think they gave Matt Stafford an extension last year. They did, yeah. Last year, um, they just gave Aaron Donald an extension. I mean, dude, like, dude, they're paying they're paying a lot of people a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know exactly how it's going to work. I mean, even uh, the GM of the Rams even came out and said he's like, he's like, this isn't sustain- sustainable. Like, I can I can assure you, it's not sustainable. Yeah. So I mean, like, like that's like that's. Look, I mean, the Rams the Rams have hit the ultimate goal. They 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 won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's what they've been spending all this money for. They've been spending all this draft capital in order to acquire players so they can go ahead and win a Super Bowl. A fall is coming. It has to. Just because you spent so much fucking money, eventually you're going to have to start cutting players, mm-hmm. letting players walk that you don't want to let walk. Eventually a fall is coming. It's inevitable. It happens to every single franchise. There is, dude. The Baltimore Orioles—we're a prime example of it. Yeah. Um, so a, a fall is coming, but yeah, they, like 
they're just they're they're playing with the salary cap turned off. They, they are. Oh, they have to be. Like, like, just how do they afford all of this? It's 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 all it's all got to be back back paid. It has somehow. To be. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't fucking know. It 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 it's it's beyond me, man. Yeah, and uh, while we're talking about like players, um, you know, walking that they don't necessarily want to let walk and everything like that, um. There's been a few Ravens uh, former wide receivers that have come out and talked about um, Lamar Jackson and the system, the offensive system that they are running in Baltimore. <sighs> um, hold on. <laughs> um, to uh, to kind of give a little bit more information on that, while my man Poppy over there gets a little little swig of water, so I feel like he's about to go in for the next ten minutes. This is about to be a be a rant. I might just mute my mic and let him rock with it. Um, a few years ago, Des Bryant came out and said, "It's not Lamar Jackson, it's the system." Uh, Hollywood Brown left the Ravens. He said, "It's not the it's not Lamar Jackson, it's the system." And in most recent, um, Willie Sneed former Ravens wide receiver. He also played down in uh, for the Saints until we let him walk, and he went and played for the Raiders. Um, and he compared the offensive system from Sean Payton and John Gruden to the one that Greg Roman runs in Baltimore. And he said, it's not Lamar Jackson. It's the system. <sighs> okay. You don't have to mute your mic. Come on. You can, you, you can, you can, you can go ahead and... Okay. What, what were you about to... No, I was just messing around. So, look. Whether it's a system, I'm not 100% sure. But the fact of the matter is, so all these players that have came out and said, oh, yeah, it's not uh, not Lamar, it's a system, it's not Lamar, it's a system, it's not Lamar, it's a system. Well, what have all these players done since they've left the Ravens? Des Bryant's unemployed. Willie's need didn't do shit last year. I don't know how well Marquise Brown is going to do this upcoming season. It's not yeah, we a, haven't seen. <laughs> no, n- nothing, nothing is a knock against them. But then again, at the same time, the Ravens are highly regarded as one of the best franchises, best-ran franchises in the NFL. The point that I'm making behind this is, is don't just come back around and say, oh, it's a system. The system is why it doesn't work. Last time I checked... The Ravens have lost fucking nine games in three years. That number's an exaggeration because we just fucking lost nine games. <laughs> okay? Look, since Lamar Jackson has taken over with, with Greg Roman, might I add, the Ravens don't lose fucking games. It is not a system. This is not a system built for wide receiver production. Baltimore never has been. Baltimore, quite frankly, never will be. I think eventually we will. Okay, maybe maybe like twenty years down the line. Yeah, I mean we got some time until that happens, but maybe, eventually we can't say never. Yes, eventually we'll get to that point. If players don't, so so I mean the whole, the whole big thing is that a lot of a lot of wide receivers are spurring the Ravens to go play for other franchises for less money or less of an opportunity or whatever or whatever you want to quote it as. But the simple fact of the matter is, is that the Ravens are a run first team. There's there's no other way to put it. That offense works best for the Ravens because we have great block. We have great tight ends who can block very very well. We have a very very dominant dominant offensive line that can really get out in front of guys and get and get their hands on them and they're 
get to the second level. Get to the second level and really open up holes. We have run- we have running backs who can go ahead and find those holes. And most importantly, we have the most athletically gifted quarterback the NFL will ever see. I think that's pretty safe to say. No, there, there will never be another quarterback like Lamar Jackson in the NFL. So the Ravens don't have to have those big-name wide receivers in order for them to thrive. Okay, last time we won the Super Bowl, we had Anquan Bolden. Yes, you're very, very correct. We did. But that was a different offense. Yeah, I mean, it, but it's also like just to kind of play devil's advocate about uh, about what you're saying over there. Yes, we are a run-first offense. Yes, we have all the pieces to be a run-first offense. That's also just... We have an offensive system with Greg Roman um, that we have since built to be the run first offense. So with that, like with that being said, like I said, we could always go to a more balanced offense or to a more pass dominant offense. We could not saying we should, but we could, we would just have to put together a team to do that. Yes. Our current roster is not built for a West coast offense. You and I both know that. And I hope that everybody else looking at it understands that no, the Baltimore Ravens offense is not built for a West coast offense, but given everything that's going on, like it could be, it could be built into that. And I think that's where the receivers are coming from. It's like, this is yes, this is the offense that they've chosen to run and doesn't fit wide receivers. Uh, you know, we could kind of, you know, tweak a couple things to make it different, <clears throat> just to play devil's advocate. No, I, I and I, I do, I do agree with you with with that, with that aspect. But one thing that people will, it, it's it's something that people acknowledge it. They acknowledge it a little bit too much. But Lamar Jackson's a very, very imperfect passer. He's a very imperfect passer. The way he does things is a little bit more unorthodox. Mm-hmm. His footwork isn't exactly the cleanest. No. But that, but what what we do helps that. It like he's not Lamar Jackson's not the strongest passion in the NFL. That's fine. That's okay. When Lamar when Lamar Jackson has a very very clean pocket and he sets his feet, by God, it's one of the prettiest. It's one of the prettiest balls you'll see in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it over the past few years. I mean, you give him a clean pocket or even if it's just like one guy beats his man he just has to step up and move and he like he just takes a little step up maybe slides to the left slides to the right whatever it is just just a subtle little movement crisscross sorry exactly um he can dude he can put the ball where he wants to put it yeah i mean but with all with all the imperfections that he has as a quarterback we don't need that big time wide receiver in order for the ravens to go ahead and thrive just because the ravens are like now, now especially the past two seasons, it was a bit of a struggle, and even going back to 2019 when the Ravens were one of the best offenses that have ever played. That have ever, when he won MVP, the year, the year that he won MVP, yes, we had three tight ends who you could throw out onto the field, and you don't really know exactly who's going to block, who's going to stay, like who's going to who's going out for a pass. Mm-hmm. You don't really know what's going on. The, the last two years we haven't had that luxury. Yeah, this year we do. So. Yes, this is not a system built around wide receivers, and it, and as long as Greg Roman is here, and it never will be. And newsflash, people, he's not fucking going anywhere. I think I think his seat is a little bit warmer than you do. I'm not saying he's on the hot seat, but I think his seat's a little bit warmer than you think it is. I agree. It is like it it is it is heating up. I don't know how warm it is, but it's it's heating up, just because the expectation is there, the offense is there. 
we've and done. the production is there. And that's the, the thing. And the production is there. And the a, a very very po- good point that I made to you. Until the offense is the reason that it, until the offense and the play calling is the thing that is holding us back from winning football games consistently. Consistently, he's not going anywhere. Because we had the conversation where the offensive play calling was the reason that we got beat by the Dolphins on Thursday Night Football. I and mean, it was abysmal, that game. It also didn't help the fact that we were playing a team who was starting to get hot at the right time. Yeah, I mean, they were they were catching their sail and everything, and we're, we were injury-prone to, to no end. Right. So, so again, ju- like just a newsflash. For people who do not like Greg Roman, who do not like his style of play calling, who do not like maybe his route combinations, I know that is something that you've said to me before. Yeah, I think I think personally we could put together some 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 better route combinations. I mean, we end up with three wide receivers in the same like five yard vicinity, and there's five defenders there, and it's like, well, where the fuck do you want Lamar to throw the ball there? And I and 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 I I agree with you, but with all of the um. With all the imperfections that come with the offense, Greg Roman is not going anywhere. So, the system that everybody continues to critique, I'm telling you people, get used to it. It's not going anywhere. Because the fact of the matter is, the Baltimore Raven, the Raven, you say the word, you say the team name Baltimore Ravens. The first person you think about is number eight. As long as he likes the offense, which I know he fucking does, nothing's changing. But yeah, because he's eating. He's eating in this offense. Oh, of course he is. He's getting his. He's about to get paid for it. And this is the season. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it now. This is the season that all the doubt gets put to bed. I mean, it has to be for his sake. If he wants the contract, he wants not 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 just for Lamar Jackson, but I, I'm saying for the entire for the entire system. Right, and people are saying that the system is flawed. Our number one our number one wide receiver option was a was a one dimensional player. He's fast as fuck. He was fast as fuck. If you get him out in open field and he gets the ball, good luck. You're not going to catch him. Yeah, good night. There's a, I think there's one person, maybe two people that could catch him. One of them plays quarterback for us, and the other one just signed a massive contract for the Dolphins. Agreed. Now our number one wide receiver, he's a guy who can do it all. Good, strong hands. Polished route running. He's not as fast as Hollywood Brown is, but not a lot of people fucking are. He's got NFL speed, though. He, he has NFL speed, and the times where he had to flash his potential last season, he did. Yeah. So I think that's going to open up things a whole lot more in the offense. Devin DuVernay is going to get more opportunity. James Prochet is going to get a hell of a lot more opportunity. Yep. I saw statistics that James Prochet has had three career games where he's had five plus targets or three plus targets in those in both of those games he's going for five plus catches 70 plus yards yeah that is a guy who's about to get a whole lot more production that's why i don't think the ravens sign another wide receiver i wouldn't mind somebody like julio jones just to like pay not pay him a ton just a little bit but your big possession guy i wouldn't i wouldn't either wouldn't be mad about it, but as long I, as we're not overpaying for him. I don't think it happens because we have Mark Andrews, we have Likely, we have that big guy from Iowa State, Kohler. Yep. We have all those guys who are going to be our possession guys. We still have Nick Boyle, too. We still have Nick Boyle, and I want to say I'm forgetting. Do we still have Project Pat? Yeah. And we have Ben Mason, too. My dog. So, I mean, like, like yes, we don't have that possession wide receiver, but we really don't need it because you know who else didn't have a possession wide receiver? The Kansas City Chiefs. 
their possession wide receiver is Travis Kelsey. Bingo, exactly. So, so I mean, like, like there are ways around not having that top flight wide receiver. Mm-hmm. The Ravens have found it, the Ravens found it in the fucking third round of the 2018 NFL draft. Yeah, and now it's working out because he's he's arguably the best tight end of football. I was so pissed when we drafted uh, Hayden Hurst over him. I am a Sooners fan, so well, of course Mark, I like Mark Andrews. Also, wasn't a first round pick. He wasn't a first round talent. Well, he could be now. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Say hindsight. But at the time, he also wasn't. He, he dude, nobody thought Lamar Jackson was going to go thirty second overall. That's fair. There were people who were saying he should go number one. Yeah. Um, but just kind of dialing back to uh, you know, we don't need a possession receiver and everything like that, and and the the room that we have now. I agree. Um, but I think back to what you were saying, how I say. I think we need a better route combination because with the receivers that we have, we uh, like when we do throw the ball, we have got to scheme them open better. And I think maybe, maybe even, and I don't know how much freedom Lamar Jackson has at the line of scrimmage to call hot, hot routes and call audibles. I don't know what his freedom looks like if it's like, hey, we're going up to the line of scrimmage with two plays, two or three plays. You, we're going to call this play. If you don't like it, you can switch to this one. I don't know what his freedom looks like. Maybe he needs more. Maybe he does. I'm not 100% sure about that. Um, maybe he needs to, like, like, we can go in there and we can call for, you know, wide receiver to run a, to run a curl or whatever. One thing that I, will say about, uh, that I will say about the whole route combination thing is that Lamar Jackson is probably one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL of seeing a play before it happens just mm-hmm. because he has that ball carrier vision as well. So he kind of has to. got to see it before it's there. Exactly. So, so he has a very, really, really good knack of throwing people open. Exactly. But a lot, of, a lot of the other wide receivers don't understand that. Yeah. So they continue just to run the route that they're running, which that's why I think you see so many people in the same vicinity of each other. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's by design. I don't think Greg Roman's that fucking stupid. I don't think Greg Roman's stupid, but anyway. We also don't know the ins and outs to see what it looks like. Maybe he is. Who Bingo. knows? Bingo. But I, th- I think a big thing that you and why you will see an adjustment to season is because we don't have Hollywood Brown anymore, so he won't be forcing the ball to him. Yeah, I agree. I've said that since, since we traded him. So, but yeah. like that's what I'm saying. That's what I think Lamar needs to, like, we can call a play and that's fine. You walk up to the line of scrimmage. But then at that point, you don't see what the defense playing. But when you sit there and you look at the defense, you know their tendencies. You're like, oh, shit, they're about to run cover two. Or, oh, shit, they're about to run cover three. So then you can hot route the receivers to beat the cover two defense or beat the cover three defense. Because you know if it's a cover three, the seams are going to be open because of the way that the coverages are. Yeah. So then you hot route somebody to run up the seam. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, 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 maybe he just needs more freedom because I, I feel like it. He's got to understand it. No, I so I, I, I definitely do agree with you, but I think the one reason why he did, why he may not have as much freedom at the line of scrimmage as possible, is, uh, at least with play calling wise, is because I think I think the coaches know that when the play breaks down, he can still turn it into something. So yes, he might see what's going on around him. And he just might say, okay, well, fuck it. You, you, and you, you're all coming after me. You're about to send seven at me. Um, I know I'm faster than all of you. So may, may, maybe, maybe that's the mindset behind it. I maybe, but I feel like we could make it easier on him. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I agree. But then again, I mean, I've, I've watched Lamar Jackson turn some of, the, some of the worst plays in the world into some of the craziest. I've, yeah, I've watched him uh, make grown men embarrassed to go home for Thanksgiving dinner. Like, he's got to show his face to his family after what Lamar Jackson did to him. Right. So, 
I mean, you and I could go on for days and days and days about the fucking Ravens and Lamar Jackson. We probably already went on too long about it. Considering the fact all the, all the other topics that we have, that we have to talk about. Um, yeah, we still have uh, schedule predictions to go through. Yeah. <laughs> Speed run. I know we said we weren't, we weren't going to do it. Here we go. Um, the Big 12 has added uni- University of Cincinnati, University of Houston, and UCF into their college, into the into their um, conference. C- conference for the college football season. I don't know when that comes into effect, but that is that. Good luck to those teams. Yep, good luck to those teams. I think the only one that has that stands a fighting chance is going to be Cincinnati, maybe Houston as well, just because Houston gets a lot of good local recruits. Yeah, maybe Houston over Cincinnati. I don't know if Cincinnati is because they just lost a lot of players. Very, very true. They just um, lost their quarterback, their running back, one of the wide receivers, their two uh, starting uh cornerbacks yeah. um they lost a safety and a pass rusher yeah they lost a lot of guys yeah um tony la Russa may have made the worst tony la Russa, who's the manager of the chicago white Sox, may have made the worst intentional intentional walk call i've ever seen in my life Did you see this yeah walked uh trey turner i think it's trey turner yeah Tr- walked trey turner when he had a one, when he had a one two count one ball two strikes intentionally walked him very next batter very next pitch max muncy blasted at this Left field. Left field. Took him out, though. For crushed a three-run shot. Crushed it. This was in, like, the seventh inning, too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely crushed it. was it. later in the game, and the White Sox, I believe, were only down two. Yeah. And they ended up losing the game by two. Um, going over to the college side of baseball, um, there was some drama with the Mar- at the Maryland baseball game. I think in order to go to the Super Regionals, um, I saw what happened. Uh, there was an interference call when it was it was ticky tacky. It looked like some bullshit. Yeah, batter had a little chopper down the first baseline. The, he was hauling ass up the line. The pitcher came over, grabbed the ball in fair territory. Um, his momentum was carrying him into foul territory. He threw the ball across the baseline behind the runner. The first baseman was trying to catch the ball that was in fair territory, but was like damn near over the entire bag. Um. And the base runner ran right into the UConn first baseman. Yeah. Um, so they ended up calling runner's interference because the, uh, the batter was technically in fair territory in the base path, but technically in fair territory as he was running to the bag. So because of that, they called runner's interference and called him out. But um, so if he would have been, uh, uh, no bullshit, like if he would have been, five to six inches to the right and foul like just into foul territory because that's all it was mm. like he was barely oh so barely in foul and fair territory i watched the clip like twice and i'm like oh what the fuck um it wouldn't have been runners interference or at least it for sure shouldn't have been um i personally from playing baseball i think i think it was kind of a, a dumb call i think when the first baseman is literally taking up the entire bag where do you want me to go look th- I know I know enough about baseball is that the first baseman has just as much a right to the bag to the bag as the runner does, but you can't impede the runner from touching the bag. Exactly. So I mean, to be honest with you, uh, from the angle that we have from the video, it, the only way that there was not going to be contact is if straight up the runner did not touch the bag and stepped into foul territory, which then he would be out because he never touched the bag, or. He just straight up said, fuck it, I'm going too. 
just hit the corner of first base and just took off to second. Those are the only two ways he's yeah. not hitting that first baseman. Yeah. Which then he's going to get thrown out in second. It was, it was, it was, it was kind of shitty. So, I mean, I understand the rule. I understand he's, you know, he was in fair territory. So technically it is runner's interference. But I also think you kind of have to look at the, the bigger picture and understand that where the hell did you want him to go? Right. So I think, I think uh, it was a little bit of a bullshit call. Maryland got hosed. Yeah, and I mean, there was there was a runner on third base. That runner ended up scoring. It was a two-run game. He scored, so then it was a one-run game. Um, and having that base runner and that one less out may or may not have made a difference in the game. Who knows? But we'll never know. Maryland got hosed. They kind of got Maryland got hosed. Yeah. Um, and then sticking with uh, College World Series, this one is actually on the women's side of the ball. Um, my Oklahoma Sooners. Softball, not baseball. Yep. Um, they, uh, they actually won the national championship for the second year in a row. Surprise, surprise, <clears throat> surprise, surprise. They lost three games all season. One was to Texas who they beat in the college world series championship. One was to Oklahoma state who Texas beat in the, uh, semifinals to go to the championship. And one was to UCLA in the, uh, series prior who Oklahoma beat in order to go to the college world series, who Oklahoma beat to go, uh, to the college world series. Um, they were led by uh, their uh, their star player Jocelyn Allo, who I'm sure you guys have heard about. Um, if you haven't, she is cut from a different fabric. She's a beast. She was hitting like 500 in the regular season. That means one in every two at bats, she is putting the ball into play and reaching the base safely. Yeah. So she <laughs> every other at bat, she is she is on the base. Um, and then I also heard a statistic during the UCLA series. Did you know she was averaging one in every five at-bats she was hitting a home run? It's crazy, man. That is insane. Um, I watched her against UCLA pitcher, um, which I want to give a quick shout-out to uh, the women that play softball at the level that they do. I was watching. Did you know that those women whip that ball in there 67, 68, 69 miles an hour underhand? That is insane. Incredible, and it is the equivalent to like a mid '90s fastball in the MLB. Yeah, that is incredible. I just want to give a shout out to those women because that is insane. You ever try to? You ever try to hit a fast a fast pitch softball like an actual pitch? No, it's tough. Yeah, I'm. It's it's like like your whole vision is real thrown off because of course, of course, guys we're used we're used to the overhand. Yep, we're used to the over overhand. If if someone's feeling if someone's feeling a little squirrely like they're on no day, you got the summer you got the submarine, but even so that's rising. Yeah. That shit, straight line or it's dropping. And it's the same release every, every single time. Pitch. Nothing's different. It's li- like literally you have to pick up on it like that. The mound is closer. Yep. It's tough, man. Yeah, I just want to give a quick shout out to this woman because that is insane. But uh, just a huge shout out to Jocelyn Allo. Um, You are cut from a different fabric. Like I said, I saw that game against UCLA. Dude, she absolutely belted a fucking home run down the she, left field line. She rakes, yo. Holy crap. I mean, she hit it out of the stadium. Yeah, she rakes. Dude, she belted that ball. I like, I saw it. I was sitting there. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was insane. She doesn't, uh, she doesn't skip out on protein. No, dude, she beat the hell out of that ball. Yeah, she's she's she can, she can fucking rake, dude. And it's so funny because there was teams like uh, Oregon, um, and I want to say UCLA as well. They actually um, denied her uh, to join the team. Mm-hmm. 
Like they like she. It's not like she was like the number one consensus uh, softball recruit in the in the country. Um, no, she uh, <laughs> she put the work in. Yeah, she bust, yeah she busts her ass at the level that she's at. I think I want to say she's the all time leading home run hitter in college and women's softball history for yes. college. Yeah, after this season. Yeah, I I know, I know she was close last season. I think she just yeah. absolutely destroyed. They were uh, the most dominant uh, softball team in. Uh, a lot of people believe in college uh, softball World Series history. Yeah, I, guess I mean, like I said, they lost three games all season long, Let's see including here. the World Series. So, twenty twenty one? No, we're in twenty twenty two. That's what I'm saying, dude. You can't find her stats anywhere. Also, come on, guys. ESPN, CBS Sports, guys, we've got to do better. I so can't last find... so last season alone, uh, Johnson Allo hit four seventy five. Um. Eight, 87 hits out of a possible 183 at-bats. Uh, of those 87 hits, she hit 34 dingers. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. 34 dingers, and she got walked 38 times. That's insane. But that's the last season. Like, this season's stats aren't even up. And you want to know what's nuts? You know how many times she struck out last season? Five. 16. Woo! She struck out five the year before. I got one of them right. Yeah. But she only, she only played 24 games. Doesn't matter. I got it right. Due to uh, COVID. Give me, give me my. Uh... Dude, she had thirty home runs as a freshman. Yeah, she's insane, dude. She, she I told, she's cut from a different fabric. She hits the fuck out of the ball. She was number seventy-eight too. That's a cold number. Yeah, that's a cold number, dude. dude she, <laughs> she's got ice in her veins too. I'm when she's not in the box. That is a cold ass number. She, she's got ice in the veins when she's in the box. Jesus Christ! So I just wanted to, I just wanted to pay a little. Uh, a little tribute Homage. to yeah to uh to my uh to my Sooners um and to uh Jocelyn Allo and all of the softball players across the country y'all are killing it. You have to go. You have, you have to dap up Jessica next time you see her. Then I'll, I'll dap her. Up. I'll give her. I'll give her some. Give her some dabs. Yeah, there you go. You want to keep rolling, or you just want to jump in with the? We got two, we got two more topics on here. Or. Well, one one we're gonna go a little bit more in depth into. Yeah. Well, one more than the other, but. Um. So in NHL, um, updates the um Colorado, Colorado Avalanche are going to the going to the Stanley Cup. They swept the Edmonton Oilers, which shocked me. Yeah, I can't imagine. I didn't expect them to sweep them. Thought it was gonna be a better series. Than I that. think. I think. I think Colorado's gonna take it all. I thought that was gonna be the better series than the Lightning and the Rangers, but I was wrong. This one's turning out damn good, man. The Lightning New are York, up three to two. New York jumped on their shit two zero, and now they've lost three straight. I did see that last night a Tampa Bay Lightning fan was sucker punched in the back of the head by a uh, fan of the Rangers in MSG. Do better, guys. Come on. Uh, knocked the guy unconscious, and then as he was attempting to walk away, somebody tried to stop him to keep him there, and he punched that other person. Do better. MSG has since announced that that person is permanently banned from Madison Square Garden, and they were arrested by the police last night. Good. Yeah. I'm. I also. I also can say that the two people that have been punched are, uh, a little hurt from getting punched, but they're fine. Yeah. Good. Good. They're probably gonna get uh, free tickets, um, to the Tampa Bay game. Yeah. Uh, but one uh, by Tampa Bay. Yeah. So 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 the one so the one was wearing a, ta- a a Tampa Bay sweater. The other one was uh, a Rangers fan. Really? Just he was like, "I'm not going to jail. Fuck you. No. Too bad you did." I just got out of jail and I ain't going back. I ain't going back. Um, 
Yeah, and then uh, and then in other news, <clears throat> there's a uh, a new golf league just taking storm here. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure on how you pronounce it. I'm not sure it's live live or if it's L I V, but um, I know it was news to me when uh, Phil Mickelson said he's retiring from the PGA Tour and he's going to be taking uh, taking uh, these LIV golf events and he's going to be doing them. Um, and then Dustin Johnson uh, came out and said that he was going to retire from the PGA Tour and was going to start playing in these LIV golf events. And at that point, I was like, dude, what is going on? Like, what? It, what like, what is this? Um, and since then, a lot of big name players from the PGA Tour have actually said, I'm out. Yeah, I mean, uh, so you got Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, um, Sergio Garcia, um, Bryson DeChambeau announced that he's going to be joining. To, uh, yesterday, he announced this. Yep. Um, yeah, a lot of people are defecting from, I don't even know if defecting is the right word to say, but, um, oh, here we go. 17 players, as of, I believe it was yesterday, were suspended by the PGA Tour. About to, about to be an 18th with the Shambo leaving, but. Yes. Um, I'm, I actually found a, found a full list. I'm trying to pull it up now. I'm trying to pull it up. Um, uh, from what I can see right now, Sergio Garcia, well, and it just. So the way that it all works is there's 12 teams of four. So there's 48 players total. They are only playing three rounds of tournament play every weekend. So Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So they're only playing 54 holes instead of 72. Yep, which is different than the four rounds that the PGA plays. Yes. Um, they have a legitimate season, and it's only eight events. So the way that it works is um, the first seven events are all individual-based. By placing better, you get more points for your team that you're on, and the eighth event is strictly a team event. Also, there are no cuts, so nobody is missing a cut. Everyone that uh, all 48 players are going to play all 54 holes. No one's getting cut. Yep. Um, and they do a shotgun start uh, to actually increase the pace of play. So it's not just everybody's teeing off on hole number one at, you know, 110 and then 125 and then 140 or whatever it is. It's, you know, these people are going to tee off on one. These people are going to tee off on two. These te- people are going to tee off on three, so on and so forth. So that way everybody just kind of plays through, makes everything go quicker. All the coverage is happening at once. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it gets it gets a lot of guys who don't normally get that exposure on television, the exposure that they that a lot of them probably deserve. Um, so the so the seventeen golfers that were suspended by the PGA are Sergio Garcia. You you know you know more about this than I do. So if I pronounce somebody's name incorrectly, please please correct me. Sure. And this 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 one in particular kind of kind of is uh kind of getting to me. Taylor Gooch. Yes. That's how it's, that's how it's pronounced. Yeah, it's Gooch. Okay, uh, Brandon Grace, Dustin Johnson, Matt Jones, Martin Kramer or Kamer, 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 um, McDowell. I don't know how to pronounce his first name. Graham. Okay, that's why that's why I thought. But um, Phil Mickelson, Kevin Na, Andy Ogletree, Louis. Oh, nope, not trying. Louis Ooseason. Is that how it's pronounced? Yes. Uh, Turk Pettit, Ian Poulter. Uh, Charles Schwartzel, 
um, Hudson, Swafford, Peter, Ulin, and Lee Westwood. Okay. Those are the 17 names that have been that have been suspended by the PGA. Um, soon to be uh, Bryson DeChambeau. Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, a, a, few, a few of those guys have voluntarily resigned their membership. Mm-hmm. Um, but the PGA is just outright saying that they're not allowed to. They're not allowed to be coming back. Yeah, I think his. I think his name is Luke. Uh, Luke Korak. Um, he's another one leaving the PGA tour. Um, he's going to uh to LIV Golf. Um, there was rumors. Uh, Justin Thomas was in talks. Um, he eventually shot that down. Um, I've also heard uh names like John Rom coming around. Um, John Rom and Justin Thomas are two my my two favorite golfers. Um, Brooks Kepka is another one. Um. Who, uh, who I, you know, I do enjoy watching, but uh, Justin Thomas, um, number two, John Rom, number one. So if John Rom comes comes over and plays Liv Golf, which I could see because he is, you know, he's he's a Spanish guy, um, and there are some some tournaments over in Europe and you know everything like that. Right. I could see it happening. So another so another player whose name was actually mentioned is also Tiger. Yep. Yep. Uh, he, mentions of him. He rejected. This 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 is reported a mind blowing. A mind-blowingly enormous amount of money, which is in the upper nine digits. Good lord! To come play golf now, now, so, 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 this is where the whole controversy comes from with this. So, LIV is LIV golf investment is what it is called. Um, the major it, it is major the the majority owner of it is the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund, which is headed which is headed up by Crown Prince Mohammed bin uh, Salman. Um, so he's 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 somebody who's um he's a very very um controversial individual. Yes. Um, in 2018, he greenlighted the uh, public execution. Of a U.S. reporter. Of a U.S. reporter. So, I see where all the all the criticism is coming from the people who are who are joining this golf league. Um, but then again, at the same time, this is this is a if this is something that I believe is very very sustainable, considering the fact that the Salman family is worth one point four trillion dollars. Yeah, that's a very big number. Trillion, yes, which is just mind blowing to think about. Granted, I mean, I mean, all their money comes from oil fields that they're still sitting on. Yeah, so this is going to be something that is very, very sustainable because it has the funding. Has the funding? They're getting the names. So that's the thing. Is like, uh, things like the XFL and the USFL and everything like that. You get they, names that you've heard of, but. Not the biggest names in the industry. Bingo. Bryson like, DeChambeau and Dustin Johnson are, and Phil Mickelson are three of the biggest names in the industry. Right. Like, like, like they're, they're, tr- they're trying to get the most recognizable name in golf. Tiger Woods. They're, tr- they're trying to get Tiger Woods to come and compete in this. And to be honest with you, it's got to be very, very enticing for a lot of these pe- for, for, for all these players who are coming and doing it because... I I've ran down like like what does the purse look like for people who are winning these tournaments, dude. Last place mm-hmm. wins a hundred and twenty thousand dollars. So think about that. 
if you lose, you walk away with over $100,000. Mm. You could be the worst golfer on that tour. And at season's end, you will have north of $800,000. Yeah. To play, to play in eight, eight to play golf, to play in eight tournaments. To play, to play, twenty four rounds of golf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Yeah, like I said earlier, um, it the first seven are um solo, uh, you know, the individual, um, the player with the most ranking points after seven events, excuse me, will be named the individual champion, um. And then, like I was saying, the eighth one um, will be the team championship uh, as the final event of the season. This will be a seeded four-day, four-round match play knockout. So um, what will happen is um, it looks like one, two, three, and four will actually get a first-round bye. Um, Team five will play team 12. Team seven will play team 10. Team eight will play nine. Six will play 11. The lowest seed will go play team one. Um, The highest seed... We'll go and play. Did you say four. that Sergio Garcia was a potential? Yes, Sergio Garcia is in LAV. Yes, um, I thought I thought, I thought he said he's a poten- a potential to join it. Uh, he's no, competing. I think, yeah, I think he. Yeah, he's competing. I thought I thought he said he was a potential. I'm sorry. Uh, no, John Rom. Got it. Okay, John Rom is a potential. Um. Uh, so yeah, it uh, you know, it'll 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 be interesting to see, um. Like I, I, mean, I mean, I mean, right now, leader in the clubhouse is Charles Swartzel. Yep, he's at nine under. I mean, three of th- three guys from one team. I couldn't tell you what team it is, um, but dude, they're all in the top nine. Really, teams and players. Charles Swartzel, Henny Duplessis. There, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people from overseas, and it's uh, some other names are are very very tough to pronounce. They're in London, so let's see what. Team is this? Is it Charles? Is it the team that Charles Swartzel is on? Yes. Uh, that is Stinger Golf Club. That is Louis Usiesen, uh, Henny Duplessis, Charles Swartzel, and Brandon Grace. I'm pretty sure all of them. Let's see. Uh, Louis Usiesen is doing is doing is is the worst out of his four teammates. He's tied for twelfth at one over. Still better than what I can do. Brandon Grace is tied for ninth at nine at even. Um, Henny Duplessis is minus six, and Schwarzel is minus nine. It'd be cool to play golf that well. Uh yeah, fucking got that right, dude. <laughs> so uh, let's hop one over. Top one back to the uh, let's get back to the topic here and uh, do the the New England Patriots schedule prediction and the New York Giants schedule after prediction. We, after we just did a little bit of speed run of everything else there, it it was a speed run, but it wasn't it wasn't too fast. Like we kind of actually touched on a few things. I know golf. We would have went. I, I I knew the LIV we were going to go into a, a good bit. Um, so that didn't surprise me at all. Um, so New England Patriots to start out the season, we have they're on the road in Miami. Um, we have Miami picking that one up already. Yep. Um, so starting out the season, zero and one for the Patriots. Um, they followed it up with a road game to Pittsburgh. I think they win this one. I would agree with that as well. Um, just because I don't know what Kenny Pickett's going to end up doing. And reports out of OTAs already is that Bill Belichick is spending the majority of the time with the offense this year. I saw him snapping the ball to quarterback. 
Yeah. So that's a little concerning. It is a little concerning. <laughs> you got your defensive-minded head coach running the offense. <laughs> yes. Um, week three. They're at home for the first game of the year against Baltimore. I think they lose this one. I, I mean, no bias. I think, I, th- I, th- I think they do lose to the Ravens. Yes. Yeah. I think the Ravens are definitely better than them. Um, then following that game, uh, they're on the road to Green Bay. I personally don't pick this one up. I think they pick this one up. Yeah. I have very low expectations for Green Bay this year. So do I. I don't know why. Because they lost Devontae Adams, and that's the well, literally 50% of their offense. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, then they followed up with a cupcake with Detroit. I think they win this one. But then again, Detroit is one of those pesky teams. Yeah, you, <laughs> you never know what the hell is going to happen. You literally don't. Um, then once they get done with Detroit, they're going to be on the road to Cleveland. I think they win this one as well. I think they'll win this one as well just because there's so much mounting evidence. I don't know how many games Deshaun Watson's realistically going to play this year. We'll save the Deshaun Watson conversation for next week because that's another 45-minute conversation right there. Yeah, there's a, there's there's just so much more coming out daily. It's getting worse and worse by the day. Yeah, like it, it's 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 not it's not good for him. No, 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 it's not. It's not good for the Browns either. No, it's not. I mean, I mean, they spent all they spent all this fully guaranteed money. Yep. For somebody who might not play for two years, seriously. But next week again, we'll say that for next week. Um, moving on. Um, New England is at home versus the Bears. The Bears. Um. Again, this one's tough because I think I. Th- I think Justin Fields could hit his stride this year. I, I run into a problem with the fact that I don't trust either one of these offenses, but I trust New England's more because I think they have a better run game. So I think for that aspect, I'm going to take New England in this one. I also trust New England's defense a hell of a lot more than I trust Chicago's defense. That as well. Yeah. Um, followed up, heading into week number eight, they're going to be on the road to the Jets. We have the Jets losing to New England at this point, so if so facto... New England wins. Um, then they are at home versus Indianapolis. I think this is a loss. I do, too. I think they'll get absolutely rocked this game. Yeah, they actually might. Um, especially considering the fact they'll be they'll be riding high on a five-game winning streak. Yeah, they were playing very, very well. Heading into the bye. Yep. So we have them going into the bye. Five and two. Three. Five and three. Six and three. One, two, three, four, five, six and three. Six and three. Six and three heading, in the, heading into the bye. And then after that, they have another date with the New York Jets, and we have the, we have them sweeping the Jets. So, moving on to seven and three, um, then they go take a trip up north to who I think is going to be the division winner of the NFC of the NFC North, the Minnesota Vikings. I agree. I think they lose this one. I would say so as well. Um, and then uh, turn back around. They have a game at home against Buffalo. We have Buffalo losing this game to New England. Mm-hmm. So. New England wins that. Then they'll be on the road. Have they go on a little bit of a West Coast road trip on the road to Arizona to start with? Loss, loss to Arizona. I could see that as well. And honestly, they go they go on the road to to Vegas after that. I can see them losing to Vegas as well. I think they're going to lose this one too. Okay, okay, we're on the same page as that. And now this is this is a real dicey time for 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 this team because at this point they're doing they're doing okay. They're on a two game losing streak, but. 
They're at home against Cincinnati. I know how the season ends for them because we've already predicted it, but mm-hmm. um, at home against Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati probably torches them here. Do you? Dude, who do they have in the secondary? <sighs> what do the Bengals do really well? That's a good point. Okay, I'll give you that. So then, uh, so we actually have, so we have them going on a five-game winning streak. We also have them ending on a five-game losing streak because we have them losing, we have them getting swept by Miami this year, and uh, losing at losing on the road to Buffalo to finish out the season. So that will bring us to a whopping one, two, Is it nine and eight, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eight and nine, eight and nine, eight and nine for the New England Patriots. I was dreading this one. <laughs> eight and nine for the New England Patriots, which actually puts them in third. Yeah, I, dude, I'm sorry, Sarah. I am sorry, Brandon, but I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think anything is too unreasonable about that. Neither do I. I mean, I mean, like if, if you think about it, I mean, their big, their big addition on the offensive side of the ball was Devontae Parker. Yeah. Which I'm a big fan of Devontae Parker. Yeah, I think he's a good receiver. But then again, they lost J.C. Jackson. They lost some other pieces on the defensive side of the ball. The defense was really, really good last season. I don't know if they can. Re- I don't know if they can replicate that. I, re- I truth, I truthfully don't. Their defense also got shellacked by Buffalo in the playoffs, big time. Yes, they really, they really did just get absolutely decimated by them. I saw a rumor that Damian Harris might be on the block, so maybe they were going to roll with DeAndre Steven- Demandre Stevenson as the as Ramondre. The, Ramondre, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, as the as the starting running back. I don't know, but. You're gonna need, you're gonna need to see more out of Mac Jones in order in order for the season to be a success for the New England Patriots. Yeah, the training wheels are off. It's no more throwing the ball three three times in a windy day. I'm sorry, Mac, but you gotta. Yep. training wheels are off. Yeah, pal. Yeah, t- t- take off your fucking panties. It's okay. Just just let that let that fucking shit rot. Free ball it. Get out just, there in your little scuba suit and let that bitch rip. Let, let, show show me that cock. Come on, just do, <laughs> just do your just, just do, do your thing here, guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like all, I want you to take a second and understand what you just said. I'm I'm very very aware of of what I just said, <laughs> oh but the 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 point the, get it out. <laughs> the point is that there's no more excuses. He was a rookie last year. He's still learning. He had a full year as a starter. Yeah, no more excuses. Yeah. So, they also did lose Josh McDaniels, big the offensive coordinator. No one knows what that offense is going to look like. I just, I don't know what to expect out of them, and it's tough for me to say like exactly what's going to go go on with them. And they have a they have a cupcake start to the season, but do they run through a little bit of a gauntlet towards the end? They really do, man. And you know, I'll go, I'll go ahead and say this. Can I give you a bold prediction? What's up? This is Bill Belichick's last year. I could see it. I could see him retiring. I think he'll retire, man. There's no way. There's no way in hell Bill Belichick's gonna get fucking fired. Of course, no. At, like, <laughs> at this point now, he's dude won six fucking Super Bowls. He's not getting fired. I I I think he'll retire. I think he'll say, okay, I'm I'm satisfied. I'm done. Yeah, I'm not gonna get it done with with again. Mm-mm. No. Nope. So we'll go ahead and sh- we'll go ahead and shift here. We'll go ahead and go to the to the uh, New York Football Giants. Um, they start out the season on the road to Tennessee. Loss. I would agree. I think they get smacked that game. Um. Then they um. It's it's 
it looks favorable, but it's um we'll 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 elaborate here in just in, in a minute when we get there. Um they uh have their first home game against the Carolina Panthers. I think they'll beat the Panthers. I think so too. I think I think they'll beat the Panthers. I think I think it'll I think it'll be a close game, it'll be a shitty game, but I think they'll beat the Panthers. I, I think I agree with you. Um then they'll be at home for Dallas. Uh we have Dallas beating the Giants here, so Giants lose. Um, then they are at home for the Chicago Bears. Again, this is like a similar situation to what it was with New England versus Chicago. I trust Justin Fields more than I trust Daniel, uh, Daniel Jones. Um, but then again, at the same time, if you, give da- if you give Justin Fields Daniel Jones' weapons, I think Justin Fields is going to have a hell of a season. Yeah, they're going to beat they're, they're the brakes off of most teams. Right, they're going to beat the brakes off of a lot of teams. I also I don't know how good I don't know how good the Giants defense is going to be, but I <clears throat> I'm picking the Bears here. I like the Giants. I just like the 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 weapons and the uh what they have around um around Daniel <laughs> Jones versus what they have around Justin Fields. I also like the signing of Brian Dable more than I like the signing of Matt Eberflus. So I will I will give you that as far as that goes, but I think the Bears' defense is better than the Giants' offense. I can't say the same for the Giants' defense against the Bears' offense. So my rebuttal to that is... Um, you do know that the Bears did lose Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack, correct? Yes, but they still do have Roquan Smith, and we all know that a freak middle linebacker is going to make any team better. I agree. But can you, can you confidently say that Roquan Smith is that much of a difference maker that you think he can, yes. he can yes. completely shut down all the weapons that the Giants have? Roquan Smith is the most slept-on linebacker in the league. And you can make the argument that he's a top three linebacker. Um, well, there's Fred Warner, there's Bobby Wagner, there's Devin White. Um, and there's Roquan Smith. There's Roquan Smith. I'll give you that one. Um, Roquan Smith is better than Devin White. Maybe at certain things. Roquan Smith's the second best linebacker in the league, in my opinion. Who do you have number one? Fred Warner? Bobby. Do you think Roquan Smith is better than Fred Warner? Yeah. I think you're wrong about that one, but that's just me. We'll agree to disagree on that one. Yeah. Um, I, Chicago, Giants, week four. I, they're also home for this game. Home foot advantage means nothing in, in New York. That's fair. They'll, they might charge the field and beat the hell out of Daniel Jones. <laughs> Who knows? I tell you what, let's flip a coin for this, because I I don't think I'm gonna convince you. I don't think you're gonna convince me. Yeah, no, we're pretty we're pr- we're both pretty entren- entrenched in our ways. Um, let's he- see. Head Chicago tails Giants. Head Chicago tails Giants. Hey Siri, flip a coin. Tails. Okay. Tails Giants. Okay, so followed up in week five. So it's a game against Green Bay Packers, but it's actually a neutral site game. They're playing in London. So they're both going to be jumping the pond. Um, New York has like three less time zones to go through. I know. In all honesty, I'm thinking about taking the Giants here. They, but I think it's two. I think it's two less time zones to go through. Yeah. Jet lag is going to be a little less. Who does Green Bay play the week before? 
It's a phenomenal question. Let's figure it out. I'm pulling it up. Get right out of here. I don't care about fucking cricket. ESPN. Cricket's a lit sport, dude. It is a lit sport, but that's not what we're looking at. Ah, right uh, they're now. in New England. Ooh, so they might just stay there. I should have fucking known that. I was right in front of my fucking face. You turkey burger. Whatever. It was right in front of my face, too, so I can't, I can't talk shit. <laughs> they're in New England during a 425. Oh, they're probably just going to stay there. Fly out. Be like, hey, pack for two. Here we go, boys. Yeah. We're going to go get some fish and chips. But then they come, so then they come back. And they play Baltimore after that. So do you think they stay there? Do you think they stay on the East Coast? Who? Green Bay. Or uh, the Giants. Well, yeah, of course they do. I don't know why I was thinking Green Bay. My fault. Yeah, they would have to come back to the East Coast there, bud. <laughs> just, let, just, you know, just let me be great for a minute. Um, all right, so we have the Giants beating Green Bay. Then they come back and play Baltimore. And get shellacked. <laughs> They're going to get cracked. Wow, wrong color there. Green. Turkey. And they just get... Annihilated by the Ravens. <laughs> okay, so then following a game against the Ravens, they're on the road to Jacksonville. I think they lose this one. I do too. I think I think Jacksonville's going to be a little bit better than what people think. Yeah, I think they could be a little bit more competent than they were last year. You can't be less. It's kind of hard. Yeah, it's kind of hard to be worse. <laughs> you can't be less. It's hard to be worse. And then they follow up with playing in Jacksonville to going on the road to Seattle. This think, is a tough one too. I think they win this one. Do you? I I think I think at this point I think at this point in the season you'll go ahead and see Drew Locke as a starting quarterback. Um, I think I think Drew Locke could be the starter from day one. He could be. Um, it could yeah. mess around to be Baker Mayfield. Who knows? Could be Jimmy Garoppolo. Could be Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it all really depends on who's the starting quarterback. I think if it's Drew Locke, I think that, I think they can win against the Giants. Just get out there and rip it. <sighs> But for the sake of it now, considering the fact that it's probably going to be Geno Smith, I'll go ahead and say um, Giants win. Giants win. So that'll take them into the bye week, and then they have a road game against Houston, and then they're at home against Houston. I think Houston's also another team that's going to be a little bit better than what people think. I think Houston might win this. I think I think Houston does win it. I think they <sighs> idiot hate him. Good. Um, Houston Houston has a pretty good quarterback in Davis Mills already. It's okay. He had an underrated season last he, year. He had statistically he had the second best he had the second best season among all, among all rookie quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You could even make the argument that he had the better season. You could. Um so I think he can continue to make strides this upcoming year. So I think okay, so definitely taking Houston here. Then they'll be um at home against Detroit. I like Detroit here. So do I. Um so I'm glad we agree there. Damn, they have a gauntlet of uh divisional games here. Yeah, they're about to get wrecked. Um, so a lot. So these next few, they have already been decided. Um, next, next four, next few have already been decided. So, um, so they're at home or at on the road to Dallas. Uh, we have them beating Dallas. Then they're at home for Washington. We have them beating Washington. Then they go on the road to Philadelphia, which we have them losing. Then at home or on the road to Washington, and we have them losing to Washington. Then we have them uh, on the road to Minnesota, which I lose. also think will lose. And I don't really feel like I have to pick your brain for that one. For this next one, I'm going to go ahead and just assume um, they're going to be playing Indianapolis in yep. Week 17. And we think they're going to lose to Indianapolis. And then mm-hmm. they lose to Philadelphia as well to end out the season. Oh, my gosh. One, two, three, four, five, six wins. Puts them at six and 11. Once again, I am so sorry, Giants fans, but... No, you're not. Shut up. Seems a little reasonable. You're not fucking sorry. Psych, bitch, I lied. 
Yeah, I was about to say you were not sorry. No, I'm not. Okay, so boom, that is the AFC East or that the AFC East and the NFC East. Um, we have Philadelphia winning the NFC East and Buffalo winning the AFC East. Seems reasonable to me. Philadelphia at eleven and six. Washington also at eleven and six, but Philly edges them out due to due to the divisional record. Mm-hmm. And then Buffalo's Buffalo is we have Buffalo going twelve and five, and Miami at nine and eight. They're in second place, so not exactly close there. Yeah. So <clears throat> that seems pretty realistic to me. Um, do you know what divisions you want to do next? Do the North, AFC, NFC, AFC, and NFC North mm-hmm. sounds good to me. Um, we have two. Uh, we have two laughable moments. One is sports kind of related, um, and the other one is not, but it's just it's just funny. Um, so I don't know how many of you guys listened to the Pat McAfee show. This is terrible, dude. Um, Pat McAfee was the former punter you know, for I the w- Colts. I will say this too: we haven't had a laughable moment in a few weeks. We have not. Um, we kind of we've kind of been slipping with it, man. Yeah, it hasn't, dude, it hasn't been a lot of shit going on. I'll be, I'll keep that a stack with you. Too. I know it's kind, of, it's kind, of, it's kind of disappointing, honestly. Yeah. Um. So Pat McAfee is. Uh, I don't want to say we base our show off of his show because he's it, a we, treasure. We definitely don't, but we do love the looseness um, that he has on his show that we kind of emulate over here. We love a, like we we love our show to be loose. Um, no, no real rules and regulations or anything like that. But golly, is Pat McAfee a national treasure? So on his show, um, every now and again, he has uh, the five-hour energy phone lines open up, and he takes some calls. Um, he got a call from uh, from a gentleman named Dan. Uh, Dan started talking, um, and it was a young kid. They're like, Dan, you are too young to be listening to this show. He goes, I'm not Dan. I'm Owen. They're like, God, oh, Jesus. Owen, how old are you? He's like I'm eight and a half, um, and, and they're they're like they're like if you have if you have to say you're eight and a half you know you're too, if you have to say if you have to say you're half half an age you know you're too young to be on the show. Someone whispers I couldn't tell who it was. Someone's like, this kid stinks. <laughs> um, and then AJ Hawk was like, "What's going on, buddy? What's up?" And he's you know Owen starts going on a little rant. He's like, "Pat, I just I just want to thank you. You're such an inspiration." Um, you know how you uh, how you talk about sports and and share your life stories, and he, they're like, "Oh, and thank you so much, buddy. Thank you, thank you." And he goes, "Also, fuck Boston Connor," and everyone's oh, starts screaming and letting it go. And Pat goes, "Oh, and if you're still listening, you're an inspiration on how you talk about sports. I highly suggest you guys go onto YouTube and and find the clip." Or on Pat McAfee's Twitter um, and find the clip. It's all over the place. By God, is it absolutely hysterical that this eight and a half year old kid is just dropping f bombs? Yeah, you know what? I think what really made it funny is that the kid was like so controlled and so like it's so like under control of what he was saying. I'd have been bouncing out of my shoes if my parents gave me the permission to drop an f bomb. Right, like 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 I would I, I would have been all. All giddy, fumbling over my words, knowing that I'm about to say fuck over, over, over on a over, very popular podcast. On a very, very popular podcast for the entire nation to hear, and he's like, he's like, oh, you're an inspiration. Thank you for everything that you do for sports. Blah 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 blah. And also one more thing, fuck Boston Connor. And oh. you, it's it, like it, like I know when I saw it, it really, really caught me off guard because you're like, what? What? <laughs> Who's letting their 
eight and a half year old son on the Pat McAfee show to yell fuck Boston Connor. Pat McAfee actually tweeted the clip and he's like, Owen, I don't know who you are or where you're from, but you deserve a bowl of ice cream. Well, his dad saw the tweet, took a picture of the kid eating a bowl of ice cream. Oh, that's hysterical. The kid got his. That is so fucking funny. Shout out to Owen. Like I said, I suggest that you guys go and find this clip because it is so damn funny. Also, if you have my man Holman's phone number here, just text him. He's got it. I do. I also do have it. Um, and then in another laughable moment, this has absolutely nothing to do with uh, with sports at all. It um, does if you squint your eyes and tilt your head. Exactly. Um, there is a picture of Jack Harlow serving food at a KFC. So he did do a collaboration with KFC for his own like meal, kind of how like McDonald's has been doing. And uh, I want to say KFC did as well, or maybe it was Popeye's. For Megan the Stallion. What? I don't remember which one it was. Yeah, Popeyes has done it for Megan the Stallion. Burger King has done it for a few people. McDonald's has done it for a good bit of people. Yeah. So uh KFC has done it with Jack Harlow. Well, Lil Nas X decided to take to Twitter, post that picture, and says, Your employee just slapped me, called me a bottom, and refused to give me my change <laughs> at KFC. KFC uh commented about it. And it's a said, picture of Jack Harlow. Yes. Leaning 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 out the drive thru window. Leaning out the drive thru window. KFC commented back and said, Oh, so you like the meal? <laughs> Has nothing to do with sports, whatever. But God, your employee just slapped me in the face, called me a bottom, and refused to give me my change. I don't know about you guys, but I have like a mental image of what just happened there, and like Lil Nas X just sitting in the drive-through, Jack Harlow hanging out the window. Smack! You're a bottom. You're not getting your change, bitch. Yeah, that would be um, hmm. or just smacking him. You're a bottom. Can I get my change? Just no. slams the window in his face. No. Yeah, that, that'd be something, man. Like, that's the mental image that I have, and I find it absolutely hysterical. Oh, it is hysterical. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I'm here for it. I am here for it. I love you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> well, brother, we, uh, we kind of got through everything a little bit quicker than I expected. We did have to do a little bit of a speed run and kind of push the throttle down a little bit, but we got through it in under two hours, so that's kind of a good, good sign. I told Andrew, give me two hours, I'll be over. Yeah, I mean... We'll wrap it up now, so you're definitely not making it to the casino by 9 o'clock because it's uh, about quarter to 9 now, uh, so you're not betting on the game. You might be able to do some live bets while you're there. I plan on it, yeah. I'm going to play roulette all night too, man. There you go. That's my game. I love it. I love, I love me some roulette. As soon as you walk in there, bet red. First one. No, I don't do that. First one on the table, bet red. I don't, I don't do that anymore. I'm telling you. I bet numbers. That's it. You bet red, you're going to win. You can ask Reno. I'll take it into consideration. I'm telling you. At least pay attention to it. That first, that first time you sit down at the roulette table, it's going to land on red. I'm not saying you have to go in and put your entire stack on red. <laughs> I was going uh, to say something a whole lot different, but okay. Anyway, continue. Bet red here. I'm telling you. I'll, 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 I'll consider it. All right. Just know I'm here to help. I, 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 I appreciate it. I do. Have, have I ever told you my roulette strategy? No, what's your strategy? So you bet there's the thirds, right? So you can do, you can do colors, you can do odds and evens, you can do um, one through whatever it is, one through 16, 19 through whatever, whatever, whatever the fuck the numbers are. Yeah. You can do, you can do the halves. Basically, if you hit that, you double your money. Right. Well, what you can do is you have the thirds as the next one in towards the numbers. Mm-hmm. You can bet two of the thirds, uh-huh. and you'll triple your money. 
So if you bet two of the thirds, you put five on each of them, so $10 bet, whatever it is, um, and you hit on one of them, you win 30 bucks. Right. So you bet 20, you win 30, you profit 10. Now, if, of course, or, you know, if you, if you bet 10, we'll say 10 on each for a nice round number. Like I said, you bet $20 total, you win 30 bucks, you profit 10 bucks. Now, if it happens to hit on the one third that you don't hit, then yeah, you lose 20 bucks, but it is what it is. See, my whole strat is, I don't, I, I don't know how it is at, at live, um, but I play, the, I play the minimum on numbers. I always play zero and double zero, and then I just pick another number. Yeah, and that's the thing. is like you could, you, you could put like a dollar on, on zero and double zero just in case. Um, but yeah, when you, when you do the you, thirds... You, you clean up and <clears throat> do that shit too. Yeah. If you do the thirds, if you bet two of the thirds, I mean, you got to think you're covering a shit ton of the board, and you're going to be profitable. Like, yeah, of course you could do, um, you could do like 10 on black, 10 on red, whatever that hits. Like, yeah, you're going to hit good for you. You just, you bet 20 bucks. You won 20 bucks. You didn't do anything. It was right. a stupid bet. You just wasted your time. At least with this, you could, you cover the majority of the board and you can still bet numbers on the inside. Cause technically you're still on an outside bet. You can still bet mm. on the inside. You're good. So on that, on that third that you didn't bet, you can put, uh, you can pick a corner there. Well, pro tip for you. I'm not a pro gambler. Don't, don't listen to that. Also, I'm going to add one more thing. What do you got for me? So last Saturday, um, I took, took, uh, took a girl out on a date to the Orioles game. Right. Okay. I watched Trey Mancini hit the longest home run that, that Orioles hit the entire season. It was 436. Okay. I also, not today, this was a few days ago, I watched Austin Hayes belt a two-run shot into the picnic porch area, into the second deck. Show. He hit it 480. Good Lord, dude. (laughs) Austin Hayes just absolutely spanked that ball. So Austin Hayes, if you happen to be listening to this game or listening to this podcast, which you won't be right now because, of course, we haven't posted it, and you're currently playing in a 3 nothing game against the Kansas City Royals in the top of the second with two outs. Um, yeah, you, you just tit-slapped that ball. Yeah. How was, uh, how was that date on Saturday? How'd that go, you and your lady friend? It was great, man. Yeah, it was a, it was a good date. It was very, very fun. Um, I'm going to keep some of the... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep a lot of the stuff private. Just because I'm not going to talk about my shit like that. Yeah. But it was good. It was very, very good. Yeah, we would just refer to her as your lady friend. Yes. That is perfectly fine. Not just a girl. Not, not, not just, not just. She's not just a girl. Not, not just girl. Yes, I'll be seeing her tomorrow as well. There it is. Yeah. I love that for you. Appreciate the big dog. Well, let's go ahead and get the hell on out of here. Um, we're pushing two hours here, quarter to nine. You got places to go. I got people to see. I got, uh, I got, I got things to see people to do, homie. You're doing people? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Adley Rutschman just popped out the third. God okay. damn it, Adley. Oh, well, whatever. We still love you. Yeah. Uh, let's get the hell out of here. Let's have a good weekend and, uh, I'll, I'll catch you next Friday. Yes, sir. I got you, man. I'll, I'll be, uh, I'll be talking to you, homie. See you guys. See you.